Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Recorded live. Hello, everybody. I hope everybody enjoyed their barbecue, chicken, hot dog, sausage, ribs, beer ribs, pork chop, whatever you barbecue, corn on the cob, rabbit meat, frog meat, folks are eating those things. Uh, whatever it might have been that you wasn't able to, that you were able to barbecue, we want to wish you a belated happy Labor Day. As most of you do know, on Monday we normally do church radio with our good friend Will Owens, but we didn't do it because we knew it was barbecue. It was Labor Day. Folks down at the shore at the time enjoying the sun, the waves, wind was blowing nice and smooth. So it was a great day yesterday. It was just right, not too hot, not too cold, breezy, but just right. And so people was enjoying their Labor Day and eating and enjoying themselves. Also, we don't want to forget about those um, innocent people, uh, dearly beloved folks who was in Houston, Texas. So we want to send a shout-out to those individuals who have lost everything, which brings us to one of the topics that we're going to be dealing with today. But they lost everything. They went out the house. Some just had their toothbrush. Some people just had the clothes that was on their back and they lost everything in the flood. So our prayers and our thoughts are truly with those individuals whose heart is aching at this time. And no matter how crazy it may seem, no matter how bad it might get, I just want to let them know that God is still with them. He will never leave them nor forsake them. And just as a reminder, and it may not make sense what I'm about to say, but please always do remember this. All things went together, worked together for good. For those who love God and for those who are called according to his purpose. So we just want to say that about those individuals. And some people, this is not the first tornado they went through. Some people have moved from New Orleans to Texas, Houston, Texas. From what I understand, they had to go through this thing twice. That's heavy, folks. It's very difficult when you get hit hard like that. I've never been in a situation like that. I, I, I can sympathize with it, but I don't know how to empathize with it. And so it's tough, and I know it's hard because nobody, that's the thing that they fear. When I say lost everything, some people lost their jobs, their homes, their cars, everything that they obtained, family photos, pictures, memories. The flood came in and just wiped out everything. So we don't want to forget about those, and I'm so grateful I've seen on the news how people are donating pampers, toothbrush, clothes, blankets, everything they possibly can. And it's always good when people are donating and the will of men prevail 
instead of the evil of the will of men prevailing. That lets you know that we still have people who understand what it's really all about. It's only one race, y'all, and that is the human race. Don't you ever forget about that. And the Bible let us know, whosoever takes from the poor to give to the rich, hear me very carefully. Whosoever would take from the poor, it's in Proverbs, to give to the rich, his house shall surely come to one. God's word is not mocked. When God says something, it's going to come to pass. It may not happen right away, but I do believe I read in the Bible when God said he'll put holes in your pocket. You better be careful what you take away from people. You start taking from the poor, the Bible says he that lends to the poor lendeth to the Lord. And that which he have loaned him or lent him shall he, God, repay him again. So don't look at it as though I'm going to take from the poor and give to the rich. Oh, really? you looking for a curse to come on your whole family. Don't play with God like that. Because he loved those poor people just as much as he loved the rich people. The Bible says he makes his son to shine on the righteous and the unrighteous, the just and the unjust. So God is not a respectable person at all. The Bible says whosoever are a respectable person, they sin. Did you know it was a sin to be a respectable person? When you choose to respect one person over another person, you have just sinned. Congratulations. When you choose to show favor to one person and not to another, you have just sinned. So with me, I judge myself a lot, myself a lot. But I watch people even more. It's just as amount as the same amount as I judge myself. None of us are perfect, and all of us got baggage. I don't care who you are, where you came from. Everybody got some type of baggage in their lives. So I want to say this to everybody. I just want you to know it's this. Don't judge another man. And say, <laughs> folks, believe me, um, believe me. Um, so uh, I just want everybody to know that sin is sin. God don't care about who you are, what you did. Sin is sin. Listen, uh, man, I think that God want to move in ways in our lives that will blow our minds. But it's sin that separates us from God. And people think it's the sin that we know of, drinking, fornicating, murder, smoking weed, adultery. They look at all those big sins, killing, stabbing. But let me tell you something. Sin is something that you know that's not right, and God called it out. It don't have to be those other sins. It could be the hidden sins in your heart. It could be various things that God been dealing with you. You personally, only you know. There may be things that God convicts you of, but somebody else, he don't give them that conviction of that. But that thing bothers you, and he told you, I don't want you to do that. But other people can do it. It's like Paul gave an illustration about the meat. He talked about the meat. Some can eat meat. Some can't eat meat because they used to offer the meat up to idols. So he said, if meat will cause my brother to stumble, I won't eat meat as long as the sun standeth. 
So he made sure he didn't want to do anything in any type of safe form or way to cause people to sin and stumble before God. So uh, I just want us to know something, man, uh, that God wants us to be all we can do for a lot of the saints and the believers. And you're not perfect. You haven't arrived. So there's still some kinks that God is working out in your life. And don't you beat yourself up. But that being said, I want us to go into the Word. If you have your Bible, go with me to the book of Job chapter, uh, I think it's Job chapter 8. And go with me to the book from Job chapter 8. Yeah, Job chapter 8. And then I want us to go into the book of Genesis. The book of Genesis. Mm, chapter, I believe it's Genesis chapter uh, 26. Is that where I'm at? Mm-hmm. I think, no, it's not 26. It is Genesis chapter, bear with me. Um, Genesis chapter 37. Okay, so we're going to read the book of Job. We're going to deal with Genesis chapter 37. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for all things that you've done, that you're doing. Thank you for moving mountains, moving generational curves, moving obstacles, hindrance, things that would impede our progress. In the name of Jesus, thank you for all things working together for good. Thank you for calling us out that you might call us in. Thank you for making us a working process. Every day you're working on us, God. We thank you because we're not perfect and we haven't arrived, but you're building our character to where you're going to carry us. Thank you that we believe in building your kingdom and not tearing down your kingdom. You warned us in Proverbs chapter 6 what to do and not to do. Verse 19 on down. So, God, we want to be an example in conversation in our lives, and whatever we do to set the tone to build your house and have need in your house that your house might be filled. God, we pray that you anoint the words that we would say, bring in every wonder in mind, beat back the forces of darkness, renew our strength, take the spoils out the enemy, tear down strongholds, principalities, demonic forces, God. Let no weapon form against us prosper. Bring back to memory every scripture, every word, every revelation. Every insight, give us the mind of the witty invention. In the name of Jesus, move by your spirit. Strengthen hearts in the name of Jesus. Look upon the Williams family, God. Strengthen Dr. Bruce Williams' heart, Lord. Bless his family like never before, God. Continue to do a great work in his life, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we remember them and we thank you for them. In Jesus' name, amen. Dear friend of mine's wife went home to be with the Lord a praise and worship leader, a mighty woman of God. A woman, when she sings, the Spirit of God was just so heavy on her, and she was anointed. Even when she was sick, she was still singing and doing praise and, and worship. Uh, Sister um, Debbie Williams went home to be with the Lord. I don't know how many of y'all might know her, but she passed away. I believe it was today, if I'm not mistaken and went home to be with the Lord. She was sick. And so we love her husband, Dr. Bruce Wim, a dear friend of mine, full of wisdom, power, and might. 
God have mercy. God has blessed that family. And so our heart do go out to them. He found himself. God moved him to become a medical doctor, and he didn't move out the hood. He continued to practice his medicine in the hood in North Philly and helping his people, a man after God's own heart, truly, he and his wife. So we love him, and we're praying for him to get through this time of bereavement in his life, keep him in prayer. And so we just want to let you know that uh, I believe the service may be uh, for our Sister Debbie. It's going to be, uh, uh, I think it's Sunday, they're going to have the funeral this Sunday. So you might can find out more information if you call the church. You can call Deliverance Evangelist Church and find out more about it when they're going to be having a funeral. It's going to be a high time, a home-going service for our dear sister in the Lord, precious and powerful. Amen? So keep my friend, Dr. Bruce William, in our prayers. We love him. He's an excellent role model to many young men, many young men. He carried himself in such a unique way. Very awesome man of God. So we love him and we thank God for him. Amen? I want to go back into our topic for today. Uh, we're going to be going from the book of Job. If you have your body of Bible, a friend of mine told me that when he used to see Job, he used to call it the book of Job. So that's what he used to name it, the book of Job. And I'm going to read some things to you on the book of Job. You want to start off verse 1. Then answered Bilidad, the Sunanite, the Sunahite, and said, How long would you ask these, speak these things? And how long shall the words of your mouth be like a strong wind? Does God pervert judgment? Does And does the Almighty pervert justice? If your children have sinned against him, and he have cast them away from their transgressing, for their transgressing, if thou wouldst seek God at be time and make thy supplication to the Almighty, if thou were pure and upright, surely now he would awake for thee, and make thy habitation of thy righteousness prosperous. Now, Job is being accused by his friend of sinning because we know that Job went through some hard times. But it wasn't that Job had sinned. He didn't sin. It was a test that God allowed Job to go through. Though thy beginnings were small, yet thy latter end shall be greatly increased. For inquire, I pray thee, of the former age, and prepare thyself to search for their fathers. For we are but as yesterday, and know nothing, because our days upon the earth are shadowed. So not that I teach, so not they teach thee, and tell thee, and utter words out of their heart. Can the rust grow up without mire? Can the fig grow without water? And listen to what he says, with it is yet in his greenness and not cut down and wither before any other herd. So are the paths of all that forget God, and the hypocrite's hope shall perish, whose hope shall be cut off and whose trust shall be a spider web. He shall lean upon his house, but it shall not stand. He shall hold fast, but it shall not endure. 
He is the green before the sun, and his branches shooteth forth in his garden. His roots were wrapped about the heat, and seeth the place of stone. If he destroy him from his place, then it shall deny him, saying, I have not seen thee. Behold, this is the joy of his way. And out of the earth shall others grow. Behold, God would not cast away a perfect man, the accusing Job of sin. Neither will he help the evildoer. Till he fill thy mouth with laughter and thy lips with rejoicing. They that hate thee shall be clothed with sayings, and the dwelling place of the wicked shall come to naught. We thank you, Lord, for your word. We're going to go from there up back up to verse 7. I want to key in on verse 7. And it says, Though thy beginning was small, yet thy latter end shall be greatly increased. I want to talk to you for a few moments about those who beginning is small, seemingly. Seem like you never have been recognized or it wasn't big enough or it wasn't flamboyant enough that people would recognize you or you didn't push yourself to the front like others have, jockeying for a position or you didn't try to make it known that you're the cat meow in the dogs by a while. Um, I want to talk to those who seem like everything is small in your life right now and nothing is seemingly is happening for you. But we want to let you know today, though your beginning was small, yet your latter end shall be greatly increased. How many of y'all out there know that God utilizes himself and he flexes muscles and things that seem to be weak or impotent. That's when God really showed himself to be strong. Uh, the Bible talks about a mustard seed. A mustard seed is a small seed, extremely small, but it grows to be one of the biggest trees, so big that you can drive cars through it and make a tunnel out of it and drive cars and trucks through it if you laid it flat down. That's how huge it grows. It's not how we start off, but it's how we finish. And I want to talk to those of you who people won't let go of your past. They think they have a right, divine purpose by God to sit on you or hold you back because of something they know about your past. Folks, let me tell you something. That don't count in the kingdom of God. Because there are some people who are justified through self-righteousness, a spirit of self-righteousness, that will hold you down because of their history they know about your life. Folks, that's not how God operates. When you look at the scripture, you will see over and over that people have messed up. There are no perfect Christians. In fact, out of 66 books of the Bible, 39 in the Old Testament, 27 in the New Testament, you will have very few people that God really bragged on. Our buddy Job is one of them. And if I would, on my finger, count the ones that he bragged on that you really don't see a smear on their record, 
is Job. He talks about Job. He talks about Moses. He talks about Daniel. He brags on John the Baptist. And he even talked about David. Wait a minute, David? That adulterer? That murderer? Yeah, David. David is quite interesting, so we'll save him for last. But when you look at these men of God's lives, Job, he maintained his integrity. God bragged on his integrity. That means moral uprightness. You think about John the Baptist. He came preaching, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. John was bold, and he was courageous. He didn't back down for nobody. Then you have good old Moses, the meekest man on the earth, the Bible says. You will see time after time that God loved these men. And then you have Daniel, who prayed three times a day, who had an excellent spirit. Now, mind you, folks, let me tell you about this Daniel cat. Daniel loved it, Nebuchadnezzar. He loved him. We look at Nebuchadnezzar as though he was an evil man. But do you know in the book of Ezekiel, God said, I will raise up my servant, Nebuchadnezzar. God called Nebuchadnezzar his servant, but he called him Nebuchadnezzar. And he's going to bring y'all into judgment because Israel did not obey God. Then at the end, God began to work on Nebuchadnezzar. And when Daniel heard that Nebuchadnezzar dreamed, he looked at Nebuchadnezzar and he stared at him for a while because he knew exactly what that dream was saying. And when he heard the dream about the tree that was great, all the birds came on the tree and a watcher from up high was looking low, and the watcher said, cut the tree down to seven times, seven passes over it. And Daniel knew exactly what was about to happen. And he said this to Nebuchadnezzar, let that happen to your enemy, not you. Now let me tell you all about Nebuchadnezzar. You will say, why in the world would Daniel have compassion on an evil man like this? This man is you mess with him and piss him off. He would take all your family. This is what he did to a man's family in the book of Jeremiah. He killed all his sons who were princes, this king, in front of the king's face, and then gut the king's eyes out and put him in jail with him for the rest of his life but let him stay in jail as a reminder. The last thing he saw was his people getting killed in front of him, and then he took his eyes out as a memory of tormenting. He would torment. He would not kill that king. He would put him in jail. So every day of his life, this king would wake up as a nightmare of seeing his family getting killed. That was the last thing he ever saw before they took his eyes out. That was the way Nebuchadnezzar got in your head. He was a great strategist. But yet Daniel had compassion for this man. But when God took Nebuchadnezzar, and gave him the heart of a beast, y'all, because of his pride. Pride going before destruction, and a hearty spirit before fall. His pride got him to be tormented. He took him and gave him the heart of a beast, excuse me, and sent him through out there eating grass, and the dew was upon him, and his hair grew. And his nail grew like an animal. And he was out there eating grass like a beast because he got caught up in pride. 
Folks, let me tell you something. I'm not impressed with how gifted people are. I'm beyond that stage. I could care less how gifted they are, how well they can preach, how well they can teach, how well they can use their gift that God gives them. I'm beyond that. Believe me. If I see that your character is jacked up and you're tearing up the body of Christ, I'm not going to walk with you. I'd rather deal with the crackheads, the adulterers, the fornicators, the alcoholic, the smoker, the smoke marijuana. I deal with anybody but a self-righteous spirit. I don't play with those spirits because they tear up people's lives in the church. Those spirits don't stay in the world. They come in the church, and they shadow people. I mean, every time the people of God try to move up, they push them right back down. Jesus had more problem with the self-righteous Pharisees and Sadducees than anybody else. The sinners didn't get Jesus a problem. They loved him. They loved it him. He loved it them. It was the people who was used to the church, who knew the church tradition, who was all wrapped up into titles and positions. They was the ones that hindered the sinners from coming to church. And it's so sad. Now, Nebuchadnezzar was an evil man, but Daniel had compassion on him. And I say that because I want you to understand that God always uses different men. Daniel, an excellent spirit. He had an excellent spirit. Listen, I said this before I say it again. If you don't love people or like people, you can't do ministry. People is ministry, and ministry are people. People are going to have problems. They're going to have challenges. And if you separate yourself from them and be self-righteous, you will lose people. You will be a great preacher with nobody in there to preach to but the walls. Enjoy preaching to the walls and the chairs because that's who you're going to be preaching to. People don't follow self-righteous folks. So what we got to learn to do as people of God, it doesn't matter to me who you are. I don't care what title you got. If you're out of order and you're wrong, you're wrong. You need to be checked by somebody. Somebody needs to check you. Because if they don't check you, you're going to keep going that way. You're going to wind up busting hell wide open. You're not compassionate toward people. You don't care about them. But true anointing builds people up. Always remember that. When you have a genuine anointing on you, you will repent, change from your self-righteous ways, and begin to build people up. I've learned this, that another man gain is not my law. So for those of you who seem like you've been overlooked, people forgot about you, they keep reminding you where you came from, you can't get away from them because they won't let it go. They, real, they don't even realize at times that by them not letting that thing go, they're hindering their own ministry. But God can't take them no further because they keep seeing you what you used to be and not what you're going to be. The church ministry is a dirty business. Your hand going to get dirty. You can't be a car mechanic and your hand can't get dirty. Come on. How are you going to work on greasy things and your hand not get dirt on it? You have got to be kidding me. Who in their right mind would say, I'm a mechanic, but I don't like getting my hand dirty. I'm not going to get my hand dirty. But I like working underneath the hood of a car. That's not going to happen. When God calls you to be mechanic, all the mechanics I know, their hand get dirty. They don't care about their hand. Their hand is there. They got one thing in their mind to fix it. I got a dear brother named Brother Hawk. He know how to fix any car. He don't care about his hand getting dirty. He going to stick his hand right down there and get it dirty. That don't bother him. The dirt don't bother with my brother Hawk's hand. 
that ain't going to bother him. Because in his mind, he fixes things that's broke. Anybody out there who God called you to fix things that's broke in the church? Huh? Isn't it strange that the people who come to church who like to fix problems and solve problems are the one that people want to hold back? They're the main one that's building the church. They're the main one that people like to sit on. Sometimes people like things broken and jacked up just like it is. I hate to say this, ladies, please close your ear, but it's like a man who got holes in his drawers. He ain't changing them. He like it. The ripped it is, the bigger the hole is, the better it is. Yeah, he like it with holes in it. Listen, we got to come together to the point that we build things. God called his church to build. We are an organism, not an organization. The organization said you got to have all these degrees. The organization said if you don't fit in our clique, we don't want you. The organization said if you don't pay this type of tithing and you got a lot of money, we don't want to be around you. That's the organization. The organism said, but we perceived that they was uneducated men, but no doubt we knew that they was with Jesus. The organism tells us that it looks like David was the last in his family, but he was the one that was called last to the organ, uh, what you call it, inauguration, but he was the one that would be the king. That's the organism. That's how it works. The organism say you got five stones, but you still going to kill this giant. Because in one of those stones, I'm going to turn it into a 357 magnet and blow this giant brains out. That's the organism. Okay? The organization will tell you a lot of things. You don't qualify for this. Your, your, your speech don't come out right. We can't trust the way you, you don't look like you to, to post the guy or to post the girl. We don't want you because we just don't like people like you. We don't want you because we know your past, but your past is what validates you even the more to be the right person. Because Jesus said, too much is forgiven. No, I'm sorry. Jesus said, he that has been forgiven for least, loveth less. He or she that has been forgiven for much, loveth more. Isn't that amazing how people love God because what God forgave them for? Huh? The greatest story in the Bible is the alabaster box. The woman. Who was an adulteress? They looked at Jesus while she was cleaning his feet, said this, if he really was a prophet, they was always sizing Jesus up. If he really a prophet, he would know who this woman is. She got a reputation. That's, that's the organization, y'all. That's not the organism. Jesus knew the woman organ, her reputation. But she loved the Jesus so much. She broke the alabaster box. The aroma filled the room. She cried and wiped his hair, cleaned his feet with her hair, y'all. Her hair. She let down her glory. The woman hears her glory and cleaned Jesus' dirty bunion with all that dirt and all that sand stuck in between the toes of his feet. She used her hair to clean his feet. You go stick your hand in some woman here right now. You get you keep your life, you'll be a lucky man. I done paid two hundred dollars for this hair, dude, and you put your hand in my head. 
Negro, I will take you out of here. But this woman dropped down her hair and cleans ye the feet. Are you hearing me? Her hair was her glory. Man, let me tell you something. God is awesome, man. It doesn't matter no more what your past was. It doesn't matter how many people know about your past and who you was. That don't mean nothing to God. God don't care about that dumb stuff. People worry about those things who care about their image. And I'm going to tell you something. When you are called to the gospel, you better forget about your image. You know what they say? Well, you know the Bible says don't let your good be evil spoken of. That's not what he's talking about, fools. Some people misconstrue the word of God in so many different ways because Jesus was not worried about his reputation. Some people call him Beelzebub. Some people, which is Lord of the fly, come on. Some people call him a gluttonous. Some people call him a wine bibber. Come on, y'all. I mean, listen, they gave Jesus titles. That was not good. Jesus kept on doing what he did. He could care less what those folks thought about him. But I tell you who did know who he was and who was worried about him, the devils. Some demons knew who Jesus was, and they worried about him. He didn't live for people to pat him on the back or speak how clean his reputation is. When you're called by God, you're going to have a bad reputation. Some people rather have a good report. Let me tell you something. Yea, I say unto you, they that live godly shall suffer persecution. Folks, it's coming. If you think everybody got to speak well of you, you're fooling yourself, man. Protect yourself. Get out the gospel. You got people out there. Listen, do you think our president think of, care about what those people think about him? He keep on doing what he do. And stop it, him. There's a lot of people could have been president. You know why they're scared to run? You know they might dig up my past, and once they know my past, I'm done. I'm goose. I'm a cooked goose. I can't let that happen. So they never run. They would have benefited the nation. Or oh, it would have came out, but they would have kept on going through. They still could have won. Listen, Bill Clinton got up in there. Billy did his thing when he got up in there. I'm telling you, he did his thing. And he still was doing things to make the nation prosper. Folks, let me tell you something. A man that worried about his reputation that bad would never go nowhere in God. God can't use him. He's not going to be able to use him. He'll stay stuck in a small spot because he thinks it's about him and it's not about you. I tell you, ministry is going to get you dirty. You're going to get dirty doing ministry. But people is ministry, and ministry is people. We see the big elephant in the room while everybody trying to be so sanctified and so holy, yet the problem seems to come a lot of times from up top, not from the bottom, y'all. And nobody's talking about it. There's some serious problems that the churches all over have when it comes to uniting the saints. They don't like each other. They don't want to work together, and they hate each other. And they're always docking on who got the biggest title. And little that they know all five titles is the same equal. Give me a break. They're the same. People talk about how well they study it, and I hear what they say out their mouth. I said they didn't study enough. You could tell me you studied for 15 hours. 
But if I see that you self-righteousness and you don't know really and understand the word like it's rightly supposed to be divided, I would question how much you really know about God. So I want you to know, for those of you who want to call in, just push star eight and come on in if you want to say something, if you want to share or say something to add to it. You're more than welcome to do so. It's about 534, 533. So I give you that break time when you can just come in if anybody want to comment on it or ask questions. But we're going to continue on. But anytime you want to come in, just come on in. We hear. We want to hear what you got to say about it. But I want to continue to talk about this. If you call in, that's fine. If you want to say something, we will stop. We want to hear what you have to say. Folks, but I want you to know that in this last time where we are moving at as a church, God is going to use the small things to do great things in. The people that's been overlooked, the people that has a reputation, the people that we don't think is worthy, those are going to be the ones he raising up. So hold on to your shoelaces, folks. Hold on to your feet. Because all those people that you think done ruined their reputation, they ain't no good, they ain't going to never be used by God, and they ain't just a, those are the ones God is going to raise up. And they're going to provoke a lot of people to jealousy. Because God is going to mess with their psychic mind because they're going to think, this person, y'all don't know him like I know him. You don't want to use them. But people can't deny when God is moving. Listen, y'all, we can't amend ourselves. It is God that gives gifts to men. He said in Jeremiah, before you were born, I knew you. Before you came out of the womb, I sanctified you and ordained you to be a prophet unto the nation. He already knew us. Who can lay anything to charge to God's elect whom God is choosing? None of us can, y'all. It doesn't matter where you came from or what you've done in the past and how long you've been doing it. When God said, come out, I'm bringing you out because I'm taking you somewhere, he's going to do it. He can choose to use anybody at any time. We may not like them. Listen, God don't choose the people that you like. He's going to use the one that you can't stand them. You don't like them. You wish they would go somewhere, leave the church. We sick of you. That's the one God is going to raise up and change around. Because he's just, y'all. You got to remember, God don't see as men see it, but he sees the heart. He sees the spirit. We want people to leave the church. God ain't sending. Let me ask you something. What parent in their right mind, in their right mind, y'all, would say this? I want to see my kids leave the house, and I don't want to deal for them. I'd rather deal with this one. Let me tell you something. Every parent loves all their kids. They may not agree with them, but they love their kids. So why do you think God is the daddy of all of us, the father of every soul? You wouldn't do that to your kids. Why are you telling God to do that to the saints of the church? God ain't sending nobody nowhere. He ain't sending nowhere. In fact, the more you hope they leave, he's going to leave them there. He's showing you what's in you. It ain't in them, it's in you. And as long as you ain't humbling yourself, he's going to leave them right there. You got people who hope people don't join their church. And if they did, they want to get them out of the church. It ain't our church. Because when you die, brother man or brother sister, guess what? That church is still God's church. It never was yours. You were just an overseer for a season. 
I think people forget that. You may own your home. You may own your car. You may have premises over the money in your account. But when it comes to God's church, you don't own nothing yet. He'll fire you and bring somebody else in. You got to remember, whose church is it? It's God's. It ain't our church. We are just a generation that's passing through. We receive something that was handed down through us throughout generations. Other men have obtained it and held it, and then they pass it to the next generation, and then the next generation, and then the next generation. We don't own nothing. So whatever we do, we better be about building God's kingdom up while breath is still in our body. Because don't you know you can build something, and after you die, the whole vision died with you. It go to the trash because you never did prepare someone to take over it who's worthy and able to do it. You thought it was about you. And when you died, that vision died with you because nobody else was good enough to take over after you or your self-righteous wouldn't let nobody else step up. So we got to look into these things that God is doing. I have a caller here, so we want to bring the caller on in. Come on, caller. How are you? We're waiting on the caller to come on in. Caller? Hello? Yes, sir. How are you, caller? Hey, God bless. How you doing, Brother Calvin? This is Brian. I've been listening uh, for um, the past half hour or so. Finally got a chance to hear some of what you're saying, and it's, you know, I really do agree with what you're saying and what Job went through and how um, there was something you spoke of earlier to, just reminded me of uh, 1 Corinthians 13, where it shows how great God is. And uh, for the Jew and the Gentile, the Jews were so concerned with the law and with doctrine that it became a stumbling block for them. And uh, for that reason, uh, you had mentioned I'm slipping my mind at the moment, but you had mentioned about how uh, the weak, you know, God uses people with weak characteristics, so use an adulterer, a murderer, and really manifest himself within that as opposed to the righteous person. So I just wanted to mention that in the broadcast. Wow. How you been, Brian? It's good to hear your voice, sir. <laughs> I've been blessed. I'm I'm doing really well. I'm just listening in between uh, taking my kids to uh, flag football at the moment. But I've been blessed. How about yourself? We're doing great, man. I'm glad to hear that you and the family's doing well. Brian is, uh, um, for those of you who are listening, he is definitely a student of the word. He stays in the word. God has blessed him. Many are afflicted on the righteous. He's gone through tribulation just like all of us have, and God is doing a great thing in him and his family's life. The testimony is always beautiful, and I just want everybody out there to know that people are out there. Everybody go through something, y'all. Don't ever let nobody count you out because of where you've been at or what you've gone through. That's not their job to do that. They can't stop you if God is doing something in you. It is God that calls you. 
Now, throughout the course of what you may go through, don't you be dismayed and think you're unworthy. You are very well worthy. Do you think God didn't know what you would go through? You're kidding yourself. We forget his name is Alpha and Omega. That means the beginning and the end. He's already at the end, folks. He knew all the mistakes you was going to make. He knew all the hiccups you was going to have. He knows your downfall, your uprising. He already knew it, but he still chose you. This is why we never let nobody despise us. And yes, Brian, you're absolutely right. The Jews were so caught up in the law, insomuch that when the Messiah came, they didn't even know him. They didn't recognize Jesus. They were so critical of judging what he was doing, they were judgmental. They missed the idea that God sent his son. Only people who recognized Jesus was the Gentile and a few Jews. It was all Gentile that was running to him getting healed. Remember when Jesus said, I have not found so great a faith, no, not like this, in all Israel? He was talking to Gentiles. The woman that said, even the dogs that eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table, Jesus was trying to send her away. He said, it's not meat to give the master's the children bred to the dogs. The Gentile was considered dogs, y'all, dogs. But this woman wasn't going to let Jesus go to. He helped her. He came in because her daughter was sick. She wasn't going to stop. The centurion, man, that came to Jesus, it said his servant was sick. And Jesus said, I'll come to the house. He said, no, you don't got to come to my house. I'm not worthy. Look at the people who's coming to Jesus. I'm not worthy. For you to come to my house, but I'm a man of authority. I say to one go and he goes, to one cometh and he cometh, to another do that and he doeth it. Only thing you got to do is say the word and it's done. Look at the people who God is calling and using. Jesus marveled at this man's faith. He was a Roman soldier. Y'all know the Roman soldiers. They slept with each other, brothers and sisters and mothers and fathers. They was heavily into sodomizing. They was into all that stuff. I'm not worthy for you to come to my house. We did some things in my house that you'll know right away once you walk in the door. Jesus didn't care about all that dumb stuff. He was still willing to come. But what moved Jesus was the ideal when he said about speaking it, and it's got to happen. That's what moved Jesus. So Jesus operated in that for him. But Jesus was on his way to that man's house. Don't you think for one second Jesus didn't know what all that man did? He knew it. And he stood was on his way to his house to heal whoever was sick. Do y'all see the heart of God? He's not like men, y'all. Please understand this. He said, my ways are not like your ways, nor is my thoughts like your thoughts. As far as the heaven is from the earth, even so my ways are different from your ways. He don't think like we think. We think in a box. Oh, well, once you sin, that's it. I can never use you again. What kind of craziness is that? Do you have the power to say who deserve to be in the kingdom or who don't deserve in it? We don't make that call. Don't you know God will take you up out of here and still leave that person here and still use them after you're gone? He don't care about what you think about these people. They're his people. He knew they would sin. He knew they was going to fall. The scriptures say a just man or woman falls 
seven time and rises up again. Despise not small beginnings. It doesn't matter. People say, oh, oh, they did that. Oh, God can never use them again. Let me tell you about, someone was telling me about this prophetess who God used. Prophetess was heavy, heavy into homosexuality. In so much that if you've seen the old pictures, she looked at like a man. That's how bad she was into um, homosexuality. But now, God is raising this prophet up so strong, it's ridiculous how God is used. The girl was a prophet, hardcore. God is using her, moving, I mean, just ministering, anointed, powerful woman of God. Listen, y'all, people have passes, and they still may struggle after they come out of that thing. But God didn't cast them off. The Bible says we live our lives as a story that is told. So teach us to number our days, Psalm 90, verse 12, that we might apply our hearts to wisdom. Listen, y'all. He knows who we are. He wants to use us. This is why those for much, he that has been forgiven for much, loveth more. He that has been forgiven for least, loveth less. I'm not telling you to go out and get more sin so God, you can love God for more. No. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying, don't look down on people because you know they passed and how bad they passed and messed up. Now here you are, some righteous ego tripping judgment seat, thinking that it's your job to hold them back. You better get out of God's way. He will go right through you. Or better yet, he will embarrass you. Embarrass you with that same person that you didn't think was fit to be used. He'll keep on elevating them and elevating them and elevating them. And the more you start crying out against them, your voice will sound like a little ant because God is taking them places in their lives. Listen, y'all, we didn't call ourselves. He called us himself. You know the part that says, by whom he did foreknown, them he also predestinate. You know what Romans talked about. Romans talked about it. They didn't think Paul was worthy either. Paul was Killing Christian, y'all. He called himself the chief of sinners. The chief of sinners. My shout go out to all those who got a messed up past. God is not done with you yet. Don't you worry about a thing. He gonna use you. Oh, he's still gonna use you. He gonna clean you up and fix you up. He is the potter. He told Jeremiah, go down to the potter's house. Look at how the, the potter worked with the man. He smashed down the clay and built it back up. He's working on you. He's doing a work in you. You're still worthy to be used. Don't you let nobody tell you you're unworthy. Yes, you are. God is going to use you. He's not going to cast you off. People cast you off. And sometimes people cast you off because they're jealous of you or they're intimidated by you. Isn't it amazing how people could know other people's sin and what they did? Terrible things and wink at it like it never happened. We're going to cover them up. And then other people do something else. They want to put you on the mountaintop, what you did. Oh, we ain't going to cover it up for him, not for her. Expose them. They did a, a grievous thing. Let me tell you something. 
if we think that God is going to cast people away because of the sin that he knew they were going to do, he feeds the one for, for he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world. Saints, listen to me. Let me share this with you. Before the foundation of the world, he knew what he would do, but he still called you. He still wanted you. He still called your name. He knew Paul was going to be a killer and a murderer. He knew that, but he still wanted Paul. Paul was on his mind when Jesus went to the cross. All of us, you was on God's mind when Jesus went to the cross. He died for sinners. And Jesus said unto the people, he that is whole don't need a physician, but he that is sick. If somebody is sick, they don't want to need a doctor. People who are fit don't need doctors. If you are well, you don't need a doctor. But people who are sick, they need doctors, nurses, surgeons, everything. He comes to those who are sick spiritually, who got challenges in their lives, who were strung out on crack cocaine, who was caught up in illicit sex who had a problem as a whoremonger, those are the ones he wants. Because when he know that you've been delivered, you love God more. You go the extra mile. I'm telling you, I've seen self-righteousness in a place that people didn't want to lay hands on people. I'm telling you, it's sad. We got to remember we're called to minister to broken. Listen. You can't say I'm a mechanic, but I only want to fix cars that run well. What kind of mechanic are you? Mechanic woke on, they fix broken things. Hello. I mean, you got to understand, God needs doctors to call to fix people who are sick. That's the purpose of a doctor. You won't call a lawyer if somebody gets sick. You're calling a doctor. Now, if you got to go to court, you wouldn't call a doctor. You would call a lawyer. Why do we as people in the church feel as though that we're in a church where people supposed to come out and get healed, where people supposed to get built up and strengthened? Why is it that in the church we expect the people to be perfect? I mean, are we interviewing for a job? I don't understand it. Now, I know God said, be ye holy for I am holy. I get it. I know that God wants us to be righteous. I get it. But if somebody falls, Whatever happened to you, you which are spiritual, should restore that brother in the spirit of meekness, lest you are considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. Whatever happened to things like that? Where have we gone wrong and erred off from what God told us to do? You know, the world got a lot of patience and mercy for people. I'm telling you, folks, listen. The church will throw you out, but the world will say, we want you. Come on in here. Oh, man, it's going to be all right. Look at the people, all different races of people. A few weeks ago, you had rednecks in the Carolinas acting like a fool. And a few weeks later, Harvey came in, and you got Caucasian people showing love, giving, taking their boats and going out, picking up African-American people, putting them on their boats and bringing them to safety. Listen, y'all, everybody's not in the left field. For this so all men know that you are my disciple for the love you have for one another. Do we have any more callers? 
Just put star eight and call in. Brian, if you're still there, you want to say anything else, please feel free to say something if you want to. If anybody else is out there, just come on in and say what's on your heart. We want to hear from you. We're talking about though your beginnings were small, yet your latter end shall greatly increase. It doesn't matter how you start off, y'all. God is going to enlarge your territory. I always tell people it's something about God when it comes to small, tiny things. I don't know what it really is, but when it comes to tiny things, God has a tendency. He uses something small and minute that most people won't even think twice about, and he raises them up. I don't know. He don't care about big things. That, that, God ain't caught up into that. No, 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 no. He chews Abraham out, and he talks to a man who was 90-something years old, and his wife was barren, and he tells them they're going to have a son. He likes to do things extraordinary that looks like there's no hope for it. That's when he steps in, because now you know it's supernatural. It's God. He will help people that you say they've been poor for a long time. They're going to stay poor, and I ain't going to help them at all. Those are the ones he's going to make millionaires one day. See how God does things. He will allow you to fall into sin, into a bad situation. Look like there's no hope, and you're about to drown, and ain't nobody going to help you. You are done. And all of a sudden, he raised you up. In spite of people, they didn't drown yet. Oh, I thought they surely would be in the shelter by now or in the corner begging because I ain't helping them. We have another caller. Do we have another caller? Caller, come on in if you're there. We have another caller. I just want the caller to know if there's a caller in there. Come on in, caller, if it's another caller. I'm more than happy to come on board if we have another caller. I just want you to know that no matter what it looks like, it doesn't mean that that's the end of you. No matter what people may think of you, people will tell you how much qualification that you don't have to be fit for whatever God is calling you to, to, to do. But I'm here to tell you, you're the right qualifications and fit for God to call you what you need to do. If I tell you about a man named Smith Wigglesworth, some people know about him, a lot of people don't. Let me tell you who all came forth from Smith Wigglesworth. Lester Summerall. People may not know who he is. He is the pastor of Rob Parsley. See, when you go all the way back, you got Rob Parsley, who was a son underneath Lester Summerall. Lester Summerall was a son, spiritual son underneath Smith Wigglesworth. Smith Wigglesworth. He couldn't read, y'all. He couldn't read. <laughs> he could not read. Rose raised up his wife twice after she died. He's sharing the words. God allowed him to raise her up. She died one time while he was teaching the word. They said, your wife died. He said, leave her there. Kept on teaching the word. I'll raise her up when I'm finished. When he got finished sharing the word, he went home, prayed for his wife, brought her back to life. Healing people, arms growing back on, legs growing back on, tumor falling, big tumor on the side of people's face, fall off, a brand new fresh skin layer of skin laying right there on their face. They called him an apostle of faith, ridiculous faith. And he had the gift of healing and working of miracles. 
They said in a few minutes he'll open his Bible up and read a few verses. He probably had the reading level of a fifth grade or a third grade, if that. But the miracles, ridiculous. He was doing tent. When he would do the tent revival, it would pack out the place. Huge tent revival with thousands of people. In those days, they were big, big revivals. In fact, one time he was doing a, uh, a, a tent revival, and a lady fell out and had a like a, a seizure. And Smith Wigglesworth shouted out, the Lord rebuke you, Satan, for interrupting this tent revival. The spirit came out of the woman. She never had that problem again. He can identify the devil when he sees it. You see, we would look at Smith Wigglesworth as he's uneducated. He ain't qualified to be used this day and time. Folks, let me tell you something. I don't care how much education you may have or don't have. Don't you let nobody put you in no box. People will tell you, and this is the lie of Satan. You can't read that well. You didn't get that much education. Listen, faith is not about education. It's about trusting God. Are you hearing me? All of us are called to different ministry and purpose that God has destined for us. Oh, you can't talk like he talks. You can't do that. You can do it. You will do it. God got an anointed on you. People need to hear what you got to say. You can't preach like him. How God going to use you? God can still use you. You don't got to preach like him or her. He can use you. The Bible said God has used the foolish thing of this world to confound the wise, the weak thing of this world to confound those that are mighty. Is there anyone else who would like to call in? We need to hear from you. What is it that God is telling you to do that you're looking at yourself and saying, I can't do this. They're going to laugh at me, or they're not going to receive me. Sometimes God will raise you up in one location and take you somewhere else and use you mighty somewhere else. Never look at where you're at and determine your outcome of where God is taking you at. He laid his hand upon you for a reason. The two books that we talked about, Job and his Genesis. See, in the book of Genesis, a very interesting book, Job and Genesis, they're very, very interesting. Genesis deal with the beginning of things. You see the beginning of sin. You see the beginning of rebelliousness. You see the beginning of the move of God. All this take place in Genesis. The book of Job, God uses Job, and the book of Job, he pulled back the veil and lets you see what's going on behind the hidden things, secret things. The Deuteronomy 29, 29, the secret thing belongs to the Lord our God. He revealed that there was a meeting between angels and God. When the Son of God came to gather themselves unto the Lord, and they presented themselves to him, Satan also came which lets you know there was a host of angels who had a board meeting with God. And in this board meeting, as they came to this board meeting with God, they had to present themselves. But the devil came also. God didn't say, what you doing? Get out of here, devil. Loose here. He didn't say that to the devil. He let him come right on in there. <laughs> See, God ain't scared of nobody. He said, where are you coming from, devil? From walking up and down the earth, that's the devil. Making men fall. In other words, I'm causing men to fall. God just threw Job on the table like he was a slab of meat. If you consider my servant Job, man, that's scary, y'all. That's scary. But God's bragging.
looking on Job that there's none like him, man that's upright and upsues evil and fear of the Lord, morally uprightness. And Job, the devil came at you, Job, fear God for nothing? He said, man, you gave him a bunch of things. And you blessed every work of his hand. And you put a hedge about him. I can't get to him because you got them angels like CIA all around him. I want to kill him. That's what I want to do. <laughs> Listen to me, y'all. He accused God. Not God. Job really is saying he only serving you because what you gave him. Folks, let me tell you something. Don't you get caught up into the things that you had. Because the devil knows you. He knows us as humans. He said he only serving you because you gave him those things. You take away all those things you gave him, and he'll curse you to your face. I hope that ain't none of us on here. Hello. If you lost everything like those people in Houston did, can you still lift up your hand and say, God giveth, the Lord taketh away, blessed be the name of the Lord? Or would you raise your fist to heaven and say, curse God? Listen, there are people in the book of Revelation who are going to do that. They're going to, when the pledges come on this earth and the saints of God is in heaven in the rapture, these people are going to go through the trials of this earth like it has never been before. They're going to raise their fists up at God and hate God. Are you one of those people? Do you love God as long as the wind is blowing smooth, the air conditioning on, a nice car out in front of the door? Uh, I mean, you got the nice, what you call them things, like a doggone swimming pool? Listen, we want you to push eight to talk. Push eight. Star eight and talk. We want you to call in if you got something to say. Just put star eight. If you got the jacuzzi and a nice car and your bank account, say, I'm here. I'm here to protect you. You know, you got that good pension coming in or you make good money and God has been good. But if you lose that job, if the pension money was gone, if they say the Dow Jones crashed and you lost all your stock, if you got sick and they had to pick the house up and sell it in order to get you healed, or if you got a terminal sickness, would you curse God or talk God foolish? Listen, many people go through things, y'all, and a lot of times we don't understand why we go through things. One of my sons got shot three times at his job at churches. Only thing he's doing is working. He tried to kill my son. He shot him in one shoulder and went through, and as he was spinning, he shot him in the other shoulder. The bullet went through his shoulder into his neck, and my son fell down on his stomach, and he stood over him and fired two more times. He wanted to kill him. My son is up and around, don't need a bag. He's moving like he'd never been shot before. With a thirty-eight, you y'all, he wanted to kill him. He wanted to get to my other son. This man was trying to kill both of my sons while they was at work. He was just out of his mind. He was mentally challenged. Listen, I got people that I know their son took one bullet and they gone. Things happen that we don't ask to happen. We don't know why. But when I got the call from my daughter that my son was shot, she told me he was shot eight times. She was crying. I couldn't even understand. She couldn't even get the words out. 
And I couldn't understand what she was saying. And when she said Joe got shot, I thought he was at the cashier when he got shot. He wasn't even at the cashier. Listen, when I got that report, only thing I could say, God, I trust you. I kept saying it. God, I trust you. God, I trust you. I didn't know what was going to happen, but I knew. I gave it all to God. I'm, folks, let me tell you something. I know what that feels like. I put it all in his hand. I couldn't think of my own stuff the way my mind was thinking. I said, God, I trust you. I'm not trusting myself. I trust you. My boy was shot. I don't know if he's dead when I get to the hospital. But, God, I trust you. The doctors say when he was at the hospital, he was sitting up talking to them like he didn't even get shot. They said they never seen nothing like that in their life. When we got there, he was in surgery. One of the bullets shattered his intestines to about, I think it might have been eight inches of his intestine. They had to take out and reunite it together. The other bullet went straight through one shoulder. The other bullet was still lodged in his neck. They had to bring in a special neck surgery to, surgeon to come in and take the bullet out of his neck. Big old 38 bullet. The doctor was a black man that operated him, knew my dear friend, Dr. Bruce Ware, who lost his wife today. And he said the bullet, if it had been another centimeter any closer, it would have hit his main artery. He would have bled out from his neck in death. But God didn't let it happen. He took that bullet out like it never was there. They called him in off of vacation to do the operation on my son's neck. I'm telling y'all what I know. I'm not talking stuff that I didn't experience. Come on. People brag a lot about how God used them and who they are, and then they want to put you down and make you feel like you less than somebody when they don't know the testimony you went through. They don't know. This is why we got to be careful who we put our mouth on. You don't know what people went through. God's sparing not just them, their children. Better leave God people alone. You're going to say who God can use, who God can lose. When you walk in my shoes and understand where I've been at, then you will understand who I am. You get what I'm saying? I'm not somebody that's supposed to be so great. I love to build people. And people say, Calvin, who are you? I love building people. That's who I am. I love encouraging people in the Lord. That's what we do. I love doing that. So if anybody want to say anything or share anything, we're going to have to get off the air at 6.15 because I got to go to a meeting, y'all. I got to be there by 6.30. I got a board meeting to get to and uh, because we're having a men's conference at Deliverance Evangelistic Church um, at 2001 West Lehigh Street. So I'm curious if there's anybody um, – uh, uh, want to say anything, just put star eight and say something. Uh, if we have another caller, he 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 might want to, if anybody want to say something, just put star eight and listen in. But what God does, I just want to encourage everybody, if it's a caller, come on in, caller. What God does, he uses people who got messed up background, act up from the floor up, like me, like a lot of my friends. Our background is jacked up. You think God called us because we were perfect? Come on. <laughs> he called the people who needed him. I know I needed him. Still do. So if that's you, 
and you seem like you're not going nowhere, and it seems like people have counted you out, and they gave you all the reason why God can't use you. You ain't educated enough. You don't got this. I know your past. That's why I don't want to use you. You're the main one God is going to use. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's going to call you. You are the one who God want to use because he cares about you. The bigger the mess, the stronger the anointing. The more the rejection, the more he's going to send you the people that's going to receive you. Your past is preparing you and equipping you to where he's taking you at. You got to go through that. Don't shy away from it. Embrace it because it's going to make you better. You are in training. And the training that he's taking you through, he's going to allow you to go to a level like nobody else. I want you to know that God is concerned about your future. You've got to stay the course because he's raising you up for a time such as this. So is it anybody out there, I don't care if you was in the prostitution or whatever, crack and selling your body, you don't need to go into the detail of your past. That's fine. But I just want you to know that he has not cast you off. He has not said I can never use you because of your past. That's a lie because he's going to take people like you and raise you up and send you back to those same people who was cast away. If you was in the homosexuality, he's going to bring you out and anoint you and make you a prophet or a prophetess to go back to minister to those homosexuals. God is bad, man. Come on. You think it's a sin to make God say, ooh, I don't want no part of that sin. That's it for them. Cut them off. That's Old Testament stuff, y'all. Now, don't get it twisted. He's still a God of judgment. But he ain't going to cast you off because you did something in the past. We reap what we sow. That's the laws of the land that God put in here. Spiritual laws. You got to reap what you sow. But that doesn't mean that God don't want you no more. That's a lie. That's a lie. Don't you listen to that lie. And don't you be with people who don't feel as though that your value is not important to them. Anybody who take you and feel as though you're not valuable to them, leave those people alone. Because they're going to wait and sit on you and never use you, and shut you down. You better move as God opened door, wherever God opened door. If it's in the prison, you go into the prison. If it's with the elderly people, you go to the elderly people. If it's with the women's fellowship, you go to the women's fellowship. If it's with the men, you go to the men's fellowship. Wherever God, if it's on the street corner, you grab the mic and share your testimony. If it's in singing, you sing a song of Zion unto the Lord, wherever God going to anoint you at. No matter what you at or where you at and what people may be saying, this is the hour that God want to use you because he uses broken things. If you're broken, you're the one that God wants. You're the one he wants. He can't use high, mighty, lifted up people, but he can use people who are broken. And everybody who had an issue would come to Jesus, and he would heal them spiritually. You know one thing I, I said with the men today earlier about the anointing? One thing about David, he loved men. David loved men. The Bible says, and every man who was oppressed and in debt and discontent, they came to David in a cave. You see, real David anointed draw men around him that got issues. They don't send them away. 
They don't separate the men. They build men. That's what David's anointing does. They build women. They know how to build people. They don't separate people. They don't got time to be slick and sneaky. They're going to do, if you messed up, you want to hang around David because David's going to make you a warrior. After those men hung around David, they was able to kill bears just like David, lions just like David, giants just like David. You see what happened, what was on David rubbed off on? Let me tell you something. When you know your purpose in God and what God called you to do, there ain't no devil in hell going to stop you. The only one that can stop you is you, what you do. That's the only person that can stop you. But not what people think about you is going to stop you. Not what people say about you is going to stop you. Not what people heard about you is going to stop you. Whatever they heard about you, it does not matter. It's not going to stop God. Remember Joseph? They called Joseph a dreamer. They said, listen, you go there, we're going to sell this dreamer to this Egyptian as a slave, and we're going to see what happened to their dream. This is the beauty of it. I love stories like that. Man, I... Listen, man, I love hearing the story of the outcast rising up to the top. Joseph was so different. He looked so different. His mantle was so different. They didn't even recognize him when they saw him again. They thought he was an Egyptian. He was like a prince in Egypt, and they was bowing to Joseph because they failed to realize that God is not a respectable person. He is a respectable principal. If there's anybody out there who God laid something on your heart, you want to say it, call him and say it. We want to hear from you. I want you to know, dear heart, God loves you. I don't care what you're struggling with, what you've gone through. He cares about you. I don't care where you're at right now. It might seem like you're in a struggle in your life, and it seems like you don't know what's going on, but you're right on the core. Don't give up. Don't quit. Keep moving ahead. I don't care what the devil tells you. You can't do that. You will never be. Don't you listen to those lies. You try to do it. I always tell my kids, walk through the doors that God is opening for you. Don't look at what you can and cannot do. Walk through the doors because those doors are going to take you somewhere. He has a plan for you. He want to use you. Walk through the doors. Don't be afraid of the doors that God is opening up for you. You may not know how you're going to do it, but just step out on faith like David did. He couldn't wear armor. He couldn't have a sword, but he stepped out on faith, and he slew a giant. Killed him. One stone. I call it a 357. Blew his brains out. Bye, David swung it. God turned it into a 357 magnet. Blew out Goliath's brains. <laughs> Bye, What was that? That was a gun. A gun? What's a gun? We never heard of a gun. That's what it was. God put some spin on that thing. It went right up into his brain and killed him just as dead as a, a nail. And David got up on top of that giant and whacked his head off. There are giants out there, y'all. And the giant is laughing at you. He's mocking you. When you came out to fight him, he's a, Goliath was a seasoned warrior. His sword was long, and he had a deep warrior voice. He looked at David and cursed David. He said, man, I'm going to cut you, cut off your head, and feed it to the fowls of the ear. Don't you know how the devil talks? When he talks, he boasts and brags on who he is and what he's going to do to you. But don't you let him intimidate you. 
Don't you let nobody ever put their foot on you and tell you what you cannot do. You walk through those doors. You do what God called you to do. Great is he that is in you than the devil is in the world. Amen? At this time, I got to go to the meeting, so I got to get out of here. I want y'all to know that I love y'all. This is Word of Fire Ministry, and I'm Brother Calvin, and this is what we do. We like to build up the people of God. Uh, anytime God uses his people, there's a lot of other warriors. I got friends out there that are warriors, and uh, they out there somewhere listening in. They sending me texts. <laughs> but I'm trying to get my buddies to call in. I can't get them in there to call in. They warriors, man, and they listening in too. But I want to say this to all of you out there. If you are in your backslidden stage at this time and you have not given up all to follow Jesus or you're just new to this or your family member might have told you about it and you're tuning in, we welcome you. We welcome you. We love you so much. You don't know how much we really love you. We care about you. We just want to invite you to the Lord. We want to do the sin of man prayer. And I want you to just repeat after me, everybody, after the sound of my voice. The Bible says the fruit of the righteous is the tree of life, and he that winneth souls is wise. It's not one way of winning souls. And where we're moving at, winning souls is bigger than the pool pit at this hour. It's social media, you can win souls. On your Facebook, you can win souls. Um, the Internet, you can win souls. It's ways that God has opened a big door for people to hear the gospel in such an awesome way. I just want you to repeat that to me, everybody, only the sound of my voice. And say, oh, God, be merciful unto me, a sinner. Wash me and cleanse me in the blood of the Lamb. Create in me a clean heart. Renew within me the right spirit and write my name in the Lamb's book of life. Holy Spirit, come into my heart and become Lord and master, and savior of my soul. This day, I rededicate my heart to Jesus Christ as my Lord and my savior. This day, I am a child of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, for everyone who said that from their heart, and sincerely meant it. I pray that you would give them an increase. You seal us with your spirit. You fill us with your spirit. You come upon us, a trinity yet in one. Move by your spirit in their life. Change every curse. Break down strongholds. Change their future. Prosper everything they put their hand to do. Open doors that was locked. Break generation curse. Beat back the forces of darkness. Renew their strength like a bow in the hand of a mighty man. Let no weapon form against them prosper. Every tongue that come up against them in judgment, you said you will condemn. Use them like Isaiah talked about as an eagle. They that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. Let it be a renewing in their spirit, in their soul, in their heart, in their mind, in the name of Jesus. Tear down, break down, throw down everything that would try to stop them from their purpose. I pray that their purpose will be made manifest even the more in Jesus' name and to your glory. I pray that those of you who said this word of prayer and meant it from your heart that you will read your Bible. Go into your words. Start reading the book of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Go into the gospel. One book at a time and read it. 
and I encourage you for each day as a nugget, read the book of Proverbs. The day is what? August, uh, I don't know what it is, August the 4th or 5th. Read the book of Proverbs. Stay into your Bible. Read one chapter of Proverbs for each chapter of the day of the month. It's 31 chapters of Proverbs. It's like it's 31 days in a month. Read a chapter a day. But go to the gospel and read. Learn about who Jesus is. And we will be back again in two weeks with Word of Fire. It's, every, it's bi-weekly. And my, the day is September the 5th. I apologize. And uh, my good friend Will, we do the um, church radio on Monday. So we will be sending out texts and letting everybody know that, hey, we're on the radio, doing church radio. Tell your family about us. Tell your friends about us. Tell everybody about us. When we send out the text, let everybody know. Forward the text to them. Let them know we're on the uh, Internet radio. We're going to be doing this again. We do church radio on Mondays and on Tuesdays. Bi-weekly is Word of Fire. Now, I won't be back next Tuesday, but bi-weekly, the Tuesday after that, we'll be back on here again. And the Tuesday bi-weekly will be the 19th. I will be back on there. For, this is Word of Fire. We'll be back on the 19th, 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. We'll be doing it. And Monday, this Monday coming up, I will be on the radio, internet radio with my good friend Will. I'll be sending out texts to everybody. You're free to call in. Uh, my buddy Kev will be back with me also because Kevin um, from Drug Task Force, he, um, he uh, not Drug Task Force, um, I'm sorry, Soul Patrol, he calls in and helped me out. I got to get my buddy Brian in here again. I enjoy Brian calling in. He surprised me. I didn't know he was listening but he was taking his friends to his son to their practice, whatever sports they were doing, as a good father does. He makes sure his home was well taken care of. So I want you to just keep me in your prayers, Brother Calvin. Um, pray for us. Remember my friend Dr. Bruce Williams. Please pray for Dr. Williams. If you ever met this man, you will be blown away at the the meekness in this man's spirit. I am I'm in awe. I love talking with him. He's a doctor. And he does his practices in North Philly. Educated man, but he's so humble when he talks to you. And he's so full of wisdom. It's amazing how God gave him in that mantle. So keep him and his family in your prayers. His wife went home to be with the Lord today. So please pray for him because he gives so much to the neighborhood and to all of us. Even at our church, he's a deacon, a warrior. They honor him. He came out of Dobbins High School. So, again, pray for him. And I just want to let everybody know today we was at Dobbins High School celebrating all the kids who were going to school for the first day of the year, clapping outside. They asked all the men that came. There was a lot of men out there. I was out there. My buddy Tom Merrill was out there. Um, Alex Ingram, the music of ministry at Deliverance, he's over the whole music department. He was there with us, too, and we were just clapping hands and cheering those kids on going back to school, those are our future. And if we don't encourage these kids, who's going to encourage them, y'all? So we was there cheering them on, telling them it's going to be a great year. We celebrated them going back to school. I took my own babies to school, too. So we want to make sure that we support our young people, y'all. Please support our pastors and our leaders. Please. We don't know what they're going through. Pray for them. Uphold their hands. 
be the best you can and help build the ministry that God has put you into. And don't be afraid to do things you're unfamiliar with. But God is calling you to do things you've never done before. It's okay. Step into it and see what God is going to do in your life. We love you. We pray that God bless. Continue to keep you in our prayers. Also, again, I want to remind everybody from uh, September the 27th to October the 1st, there will be a men's conference, a men's conference for men and women to come to at Deliverance Evangelistic Church, 2001 West Lehigh. Come on out. I'm going to be sharing the word on that Wednesday night, the 27th, kicking it off. I'm doing a seminar. You can come on out. You're more than free to come out and enjoy yourself. We're going to be talking. Our topic is the overflow, moving into the overflow. So we want you to come out and just enjoy yourself. It's going to be a lot of praying. We're going to be preached. We're going to be taught. Come on out, enjoy yourself, and fellowship with you, fellowship with us. My time is up. I thank you for yours. God bless you, and we'll see you in church. God bless. Wow. <laughs> oh, my God, I'm so happy I love the Lord because I just missed my daggone interview on Comcast Sportnet for the Eagles for Word of Fire. Boy, I'm going to tell you all something now. I hope you all received the word. <laughs> it was a good word. There's going to be another opportunity. God is good. But um, if anybody have any questions, any comments, or even any concerns, you may email me at dj underscore chill at my.com. That's dj underscore chill at my.com. Here at South City Radio, we're always about freedom of speech, freedom to grow, and freedom to learn and know. Welcome to Sound City Radio. All I ask you to do, people, is just be real, be safe, and always be ready. Now, tonight on On Point Radio, she the lady, but we call the lady T on On Point Radio, is having a show. And if you want to check her out, it's 9 o'clock p.m. on On Point underscore radio on the Internet on TalkShoe.com. Her PIN number is 143-874-POUND. I repeat, 143-874-POUND. Now, everybody know. Every time I enter, every time I end the show, I always say, "Out," because "out" means to me, obviously, you talk, but I always put a twist on it and say, "Who's out?" Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now you wanna get mixed up in the family business? Introducing the Godfather at ChapaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.